Jared Judy wide open, Cortland Sutton with the Jared Sidham, Marvin Mims. Like, I'm so excited to see what this team can actually look like with someone who can just operate the offense on a timely schedule, get the ball out quickly. And that's all we're really asking. We're not, this team doesn't need someone who just lives off of extended plays all the time. It's cool. It's exciting. It's awesome to see. I know so many Broncos fans love that that Bills game and love so many of his, you know, games during his tenure in Seattle, and they want to see that again in Denver. But that is not a good recipe for, for success, especially in Sean Payne's offense. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell. And uh, today we are not joined by any co-host. Uh, J-Mac, last minute, could not show up. Uh, co-host got a little bit busy, but we still have a very, very exciting episode lined up for you guys today. A lot of uh, a lot of news and topics to go over. The Denver Broncos um, had some news with uh, Russell Wilson come out that uh, has definitely, has all of Broncos uh, country going crazy right now. A lot of different split opinions on that matter. Um, we have some Kareem Jackson news. A lot, a lot of stuff to go over, and then obviously recent criticism of uh, Javante Williams and uh, other players. Uh, a little bit of a kind of a not all 22 film breakdown, but I'm not going to obviously pull up the film on a podcast. Kind of just uh, spill my thoughts on that. Um, but before we go ahead and jump into all of uh, that info and topics and subjects, make sure you guys, if you're listening on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like, comment down below. What do you guys think about the Russell Wilson and Kareem Jackson news? Have a lot of stuff to cover in this episode. Um, and then if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, please follow, leave a five-star rating, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Um, but without further ado, let's uh, go ahead and jump into everything. I mean, first of all, I'll save the Russell Wilson stuff for, for a minute because, man, oh, man, that's uh, definitely some huge, huge news there. Kareem Jackson. The Denver Broncos Monday evening decide to release Kareem Jackson. A lot of fans are caught off guard by it. P.J. Locke has been playing very, very well lately. Kareem Jackson just came off a four-game suspension. The Broncos decided to make him an inactive versus the New England Patriots. I thought it was an interesting decision. I personally, like I said in our other episode, I would have kept him uh, – I would have made him active, uh, suited him up for depth purposes, but the Broncos clearly made it obvious that they thought he was a liability to the team with his... Uh... This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Repeated um, offenses with the NFL's regulations and everything. Um, some hits, you could make that argument. Some hits, you definitely could uh, say that the NFL was kind of after him. And I would say in totality, the NFL definitely had it out for him, it felt like. Um, especially that Packers game always resonates with me. He should not have been suspended a single single game, let alone. They ended up reducing his suspension from four to two games. And the next thing you know, the very very first possession, he comes back against the Vikings. Uh, third play, he hits um, Josh Dobbs in that Vikings game, gets another four-game suspension, and uh, it's, it sucks. That was his last game as a Denver Bronco. So uh, after Monday evening, after he gets uh, waived, the Texans pick him up off waivers on Tuesday evening. Um, so he goes back home where he actually got signed um, or, excuse me, drafted by the Houston Texans a long time ago uh, out of Alabama. So he reunites with uh, D'Amico Ryans, who he actually played with uh, in Houston. So after two suspensions, um, Cream Jackson, less than 24 hours, already finds a new home. Um, Texans in the in the battle for a playoff spot. Obviously, the Broncos just have a five percent chance of making the playoffs. So, Cream Jackson gets what he wants. He hops on the he hops on a team that is not necessarily a Super Bowl contender, but if they can uh, squeeze in the playoffs, which is going to look tough with the the Jags and Colts in their division making a strong run for the playoffs. Um, he should uh, he should get his wish of going to the pay- playoffs for the first time, and I think uh, a long time for uh, the Houston Texans. So. In terms of just him leaving, man, it, it sucks because he was uh, definitely – I've spoken to a good amount of players on the team, and he was definitely um, – I'd never really talked to him that much, but I remember when he first signed with the Broncos, he was one of the first Broncos to actually interact with me on Instagram. And I remember not even just me, like other Broncos fans as well, like replying to comments – um, doing a lot of stuff like charity in the community and just being he was one of the fan favorites, not even because of his like hard hitting play style that a lot of fans obviously like, including myself. He was someone that was very interactive with the community, and I felt like a lot that touched a lot of Broncos fans. And you saw what he was doing even recently during his four game suspension, literally going out and doing charity work. With I saw he was doing a little giveaway, uh, you know, for for kids of need, uh, with Walmart and everything. Like he just a lot of stuff like that. Like Cream Jackson was a great guy. Feel like uh, a lot of people just had it out for him um, because of his uh, his hits on Logan Logan Thomas earlier in the season, which definitely didn't look like a great look. But I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that you could definitely um, defend him, but also a lot of things that did not make him look the greatest. But at the end of the day, we know who Kareem Jackson was the person. 
we know him as a person. Like he was a great father. He was a great person in the locker room. We had several players on the show who PJ Locke and I remember specifically PJ Locke and Caden Stearns who we had on the pod earlier this year around January. They spoke nothing, nothing, nothing but great things about Kareem Jackson, talking about how he was basically an uncle to them. Um, he was a great great personality in the locker room. They always, I mean, every player referred to him as one of the funniest players on the team. Um, we're going to miss KJAC TV a lot. He just an all around like great person. And um, now that he's, uh, now that he's not going to um, be on the Broncos, he's with the Texans. Now we'd actually almost got him on the pod. Unfortunately, nothing ever materialized, but it's overall great person. Um, great leadership. It, not, not, nothing of those suspensions will ever take that away. And I, I think I can speak for a lot of Broncos country that even though even though his play wasn't necessarily where we wanted it to be this season, not even just talking about the suspensions and the hits, like even in coverage, it wasn't the best. Yes, the Broncos are right to move on from. I, I do agree with that. The Broncos really out of the playoff race. I know there's still a sliver of a chance, but even if the Broncos went out, they still probably will not make it. Um They'll need a lot of different things to happen for them. I think there's like a 1.3% chance of everything that needs to happen will actually happen for the Broncos. And then it boosts up to a 5% if they actually do win their own games. So with that being said, that's pretty much everything with the Kareem Jackson news. Great person. Um, can't speak highly enough about what he meant to this locker room. It's going to hurt for all those times, man, with the Cream uh, Jackson, Justin Simmons duo, one of the best in the league for several years, but it just sucks that it had to end this way. I really wish he could have uh, went out a different way with the Broncos, but it is what it is. Next, uh, I want to talk about the big blockbuster news coming out that everybody's talking about right now. The Denver Broncos decide to move on from Russell Wilson as their starter for the next two games by benching him. Champagne, the Denver Broncos decide to bench Russell Wilson and replace him with Jarrett Sidham, someone who we talked a lot about uh, earlier this this year uh, for the OG pod listeners that listen around week six to week eight when the Broncos played the Chiefs. And I remember uh, I definitely gave it. I definitely, I definitely uh, gave my honest opinion about Russell Wilson and his future with this team. Said uh, I think Jarrett Sidham would be uh, much better in this offense in terms of different things it can do for one pocket presence. Russell Wilson's pocket presence has been super, super bad, especially as of late in his last five games, 60.8% completion. Um, he's thrown four interceptions, fumbled the ball, ball five times. It's like, we talked about this in our last episode, the way that they're paying Russell Wilson, they're paying him to make up for several different things on this team. And he just simply has not been that. It's almost like the Broncos were winning games in spite of him, not because of him. He made some good plays. Don't get me wrong. The Bills game, honestly, one of his best games of the season. I still remember him making several plays, even though. The Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. That was probably the offensive line's second or third worst game of the season. He still made up for a lot of it. That is what we are paying Russell Wilson to do. That throw to Cortland Sutton was one of the best throws I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even kidding. Like You pull up multiple plays from all time, Joe Montana, whoever you want, and that was one of the best throws I've ever seen. But that does not make up for everything else that we've seen from Russell Wilson this year. The lack of progressions with his reads really bad uh, for whatever reason he just can't see the field the same way that he did in his earlier years in seattle honestly it's been an issue almost his entire career he d- doesn't see the field the way an above average or even the average quarterback should see the field i was watching the film last night and man they're goodness goodness Jerry Judy open on several plays. Brandon Johnson, even I have to admit, I was a little bit wrong about Brandon Johnson. I thought he was having issues with separation, and he was, but he honestly had a good game against the Patriots. He was getting open, but he, he could have been targeted even more than he was. Russell Wilson, it, it, it was bad, man. I'm not going to lie. There were several misreads. The offensive line did not play great, but – you can see your clowning all day for saying saying this, and I've been on this since the first game against the Chiefs this season. Like the verdict's been out. Like Russell Wilson is he's not the same. I'm not I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just it's it, I'm being honest. Russell Wilson is not the same. You can clown me all day, but Sean Payton sees the same exact thing as he sees the same exact thing, and that's exactly why they're benching him for Jerry Sidham. It even came out from Mike Kliss via Nine News. Shout out to Mike Kliss. Literally tweeted an hour ago saying, this has nothing to do with Russell Wilson's contract the last two games. Because if you guys remember, we talked about this on the show. If Russell Wilson gets hurt in this season, the Broncos automatically owe him a $37 million on top of his salary next season. So if the Broncos did decide to move forward with him and he got injured, then that would have been like, oh, Champagne, you should have benched it. But no, Mike Liss is saying, Mike Liss is very, very in touch with the Broncos organization. Just let, let everybody know. He's been right about almost everything. He's like the Adam Schefter of Broncos country. A lot of people know that. He said that this is not because of that contract issue and that uh, that little contract penalty, if, they, if he does get hurt, that's $37 million. It has to do with 
Sean Payton not being pleased with the offensive production as of late. Sean Payton even said that the offense has been average to below average in a lot of things. It has not been good. He's not been impressed at all with the quarterback position, the way the offense is played in just in general. Like it's not only Russell Wilson, but this has been an issue that is stemming back all from week six. That first game, if you guys recall, Russell Wilson throws two of the worst interceptions I've seen him throw in the entire last two years with the Broncos. It's just been it's 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 been rough. And I have to say, I think it's the right move. The Broncos at five, just a 5% chance of making the playoffs. This isn't about you're giving up on the season. This is about who gives your offense the best position, puts your offense in the best position to make plays down the field. And Russell Wilson doesn't, does not. Like I said, the film was really, it was bad, man. Like it, honestly, even if I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan, I, it, it was awful. It was very, very hard to watch. You see Jerry Judy down several, several plays down the field, just clapping his hands, waving for the ball. Nothing. Brandon Johnson, other plays. Like There are several plays where if it was being completed, it was because the offensive line was holding up and actually playing well. And he, they, he, they were giving him enough time to extend the play and then give the ball to Brandon Johnson the second time around when he was already open on the initial part, you know, part of his, uh, there's one play where Brandon Johnson runs a hitch. Jerry Judy runs a crosser or a post or whatever, both get wide open. And for whatever reason, Russell Wilson with a very, very clean pocket, just looking at Javante Williams, trying to force him in the ball when there's clearly a corner or a linebacker ready to crash down and force a fumble, tack him behind, tackle him behind the line of scrimmage. And for whatever reason, Russell Wilson wants to force him the ball rather than use his re- Use his eyes and go from read one to two to three. That's all we're asking. We're not asking him to go make five different reads, go cr- like what Brock Purdy and all these other quarterbacks are. We're asking the most simple thing. Use your eyes. Make your reads. It, it's simple. It's simple quarterback 101 stuff. Like this has been an issue for several weeks this season, and Sean Payne sees it. That's exactly why they're deciding to move on from him as the starter of the last two games. They are going to keep him. It did get reported that they are going to keep him suited up for the games, meaning that if something, you know, knock on wood happens to Jarrett Stidham, Russell Wilson will come in the game unless they decide to, uh, unless they end up deciding making him an inactive and put uh, roster uh, Ben DiNucci, which at that point they would have to sign Ben DiNucci to the active roster because they're already out of his practice squad elevations. They've already given him uh, three elevations this season. So they would have to sign Ben DiNucci to the roster. That's what leads me to believe they're probably just going to suit up Russell Wilson. So it's just, it's rough because you look at back, you look back at all the picks and the players, the Broncos sacrificed for him, the nine total picks and players they sacrificed for Russell Wilson. And I'm not going to lie. It's, it's rough. It's rough because he has not lived up to the expectations. The Broncos needed more out of the quarterback position. It felt like they were just a quarterback away and he has not been that. And last year, a lot of it was on Nathaniel Hackett, but some of it was on Russell Wilson as well. And this year we're kind of seeing with one of the best play callers in the NFL, one of the top 10 or excuse me, top 20 winningest head coaches of all time. And we're still at a losing record. And the quarterback position has been that lackluster as of late. And honestly, the majority of the season, it's like this, this offense was getting so much praise because the de- defensive takeaways is putting them in great starting field position almost every drive. You had our running game was so effective. At one point, it was fourth in the NFL in yards per attempt and was like sixth in success rate. Our 
receivers. Corlin Sutton was bailing out Russell Wilson a lot. Something Jordan, shout out to Jordan, brought up on our last episode. Corlin Sutton was a very, very underrated piece of why he was having so much success. You saw what happened as soon as he goes out in that last game and how lackluster the passing game is. Russell Wilson had like, what, 60 yards passing or something in the third quarter? It, it just shows how valuable Cortland Sutton really is to this team. So that's why I'm excited to see a Jerry Judy, a Marvin Mims, a Cortland Sutton. This Starting this week, I don't know if Cortland Sutton will clear um, concussion protocol, but I'm so excited to see what those guys can look like with Jared Sidham, who can simply just not bail from clean pockets. So many plays I saw on that film. The All-22 where Russell Wilson is just bailing from clean pockets when he doesn't really need to. And it was holding this Broncos team back a lot. And the offensive line has gotten a lot of flack. And I know Quinn Miners had probably his worst game of the season against the Patriots. Christian Barmore definitely was uh, kicking his ass, to say the least. But there was a lot of plays the offensive line was holding up. And Jerry Judy wide open. Cortland Sutton with the Jared Stidham. Marvin Mims, like I'm so excited to see what this team can actually look like with someone who can just operate the offense on a timely schedule, get the ball out quickly. And that's all we're really asking. We're not, this team doesn't need someone who just lives off of extended plays all the time. It's cool. It's exciting. It's awesome to see. I know so many Broncos fans love that, that Bills game and love so many of his, you know, games during his tenure in Seattle. And they want to see that again in Denver, but that is not a good recipe for, for success, especially in Sean Payne's offense. We just need someone who can operate the, the middle of the field, someone who can rely on a, a good run game, which the run game should, it should improve fairly soon. I'm expecting a, a, a revitalized run game this week against the Chargers. I really am. So, with that being said, on the topic of the run game, I think Javante Williams, this is our next topic, has been getting a lot, a lot of undeserved uh, hate as of recently. And this is speaking from no bias at all. Like you genuinely, I'm you genuinely watched a film, and there's several plays where the Patriots are expecting the run. J Mac mentioned this in our last episode. The Patriots are expecting the run a lot of times. So that's exactly why you see Javante getting literally linebackers and defensive linemen are contacting him before he reaches the line of scrimmage. What else do you want him to do? There was the play at the five-yard line where he gets tackled on the first possession, you know, behind the line of scrimmage and still picks up a yard or so. Are like, do you guys want him to do a Cam Newton Superman leap into the end zone? Like, I don't understand. I know I will say there was uh, maybe three plays where I saw he could have took different cutback lanes, but so can Samaje Pirine. So can any other running back in the NFL. Like, not every running back is gonna be perfect, but because of Bron because Broncos fans. Go on, go on Google Chrome and look up, oh, he's averaging 2.5 yards per carry this season or whatever it is that he, he's automatically trash. Put him behind that 49ers O-line. Put him behind that Lions O-line. I promise you he's looking way better. He's looking way better. The Broncos run blocking as of the last two to three games has been poor. It's been nowhere near as good as it was during the Broncos' five-game winning streak. You And then another thing I'm seeing is why does Jaleel McLaughlin um, uh, immediately get more yards than Javante? For starters, Jaleel McLaughlin, when he gets those carries to the outside, he's so much faster than J Javante Williams. And yes, he's much better in that department. They When they give those carries to the outside of Javante Williams, he's not that type of player. He doesn't have the athleticism that Jaleel McLaughlin has. When Jaleel McLaughlin runs it up the middle, you see what happens. It's the same thing with Javante. Not that much yards. No, not that much yards. 
The linebackers are crashing to the line of scrimmage. They're stacking the box. They're expecting the run. So, yes, they're not getting that much production. With Jaleel McLaughlin, there's, it feels like they do block better at times, and especially when he's getting those pitches to the outside, those tosses to the outsides on those stretch plays. He's getting more yards because he's so much faster. Does that make him a better player than Javante? No. I, I, I really don't think he does. I, th- I still think Javante is a better player. Is Javante's ball carrier vision, patience, athleticism as good as it was in 2021 as it is this year? No. I'll, I'll admit that. But I feel like the, the criticism, it just, it just so unwarranted. It doesn't make any sense because you look at so many of these games, like I'm saying, man, it's it's simple football 101. It's not that hard to comprehend. When the offensive line blocks, it picks up yards. We saw it against the in this Patriots game. When the offensive line doesn't block, he doesn't get yards. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? This is the same thing with Jerry Judy. When he gets his targets downfield, gets the targets downfield, minus the Chargers game, which, by the way, I'll talk about this in a second. Every Broncos fan mentioning that Chargers game, oh, you should trade him because look back at that Chargers game. He had two or three drops, a few missed opportunities. Okay, every receiver has bad games. You see Devontae Adams has had games like that this year. But when they bounce back and get their targets, they make plays. When they don't get targeted, they don't make plays. How difficult is it to understand? This is simple football one-on-one stuff that I guarantee you, Sean Payton, Joe Lombardi, all of our offensive coaches, they they understand. They understand. This is why Sean Payton brought it up to the media. The same thing with Javante Williams. When the offensive line blocks for him, you see what happened during the beginning of the season. Oh, Javante's back. Yeah, it's like he, it's like he never missed a single step. Oh, now all of a sudden, not getting that many yards. The yards per attempt are down because the offensive line is not doing their job consistently. They're not doing their job consistently. I don't know how difficult of an idea it is to understand. Moving moving on to Jerry Judy. Like I said, we can bring it up every single episode. He's getting open on hitch routes, comeback routes, post routes. Name any route that you want. He's getting open. Is he doing every single play? No. I saw plays where he wasn't getting open and Russell Wilson had to check it down. Great. That's awesome. There's a play where... Brand Johnson, Jerry Judy weren't open downfield. So Russell Wilson took a scramble for 15. That's awesome. You love to see stuff like that. Take your open running lanes. If, if you don't have a linebacker spying on you, take advantage. Love that stuff, especially if Judy is not open. But when Jerry Judy is open, there are just so many plays where the first read is trying to force it to Javante Williams in the flat, trying to force it to Jalou McLaughlin in the flat. Oh, why does Javante get the receiving yards? There's a linebacker already waiting for the screen there. Like, do you expect him to be prime Marshawn Lynch, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, all combined the same play, all combined the same player, and break 15 tackles and race to the end zone? Like, I I hope you guys are seeing it the way I do. It's not that hard to comprehend. Like I said, though, I see some people. I get it. His athleticism is not the same as it was in 2021. There are some plays where his vision is a little distorted, and he could take it this cut back, this length, cut back. The, but it's like that for almost any running back. I can even point to Derrick Henry's film and show you some plays where he's not taking the right cut, cut at lanes. It happens with every player, man. That's like with Jerry Judy. He had a bad game, but that does not define his entire tenure. I could bring up the stats right now. His drops are around league average. He does not lead the league in drops like everybody wants to say. He had a bad rookie season with the drops. I get it. It was only a few games, really. So, I just don't understand where this notion is coming from. 
Um, another thing I want to talk about is uh, the Matthew Stafford. Uh, I wrote an article recently. Uh, it should be up on uh, Predominantly Orange. If you guys want to check that out, link in description. Matthew Stafford, who the Broncos were in on a few years ago, um, it's looking like one of the biggest misses in a while. Um, the reported, the reported, there was a bunch of different trade proposals that went back and forth between George Payne and Brad Holmes, um, the Lions GM at the time. Apparently, the Broncos, the the shutoff, the turnoff for the deal was them wanting Drew Locke and Jerry Judy, um, and like another few picks, uh, and then they they would give us Matthew Stafford. I love Jerry Judy, but I I, I would go back any time and day to do that that deal. In I know Russell Wilson's touch on interception ratio is better than um, Matthew Stafford this season, but like I always say in the show, I mean, and you guys know the stats don't tell the full story. They really don't. Um, a lot of running back screens that have gone for touchdowns this year. Um, a lot of Cortland Sun bailing out Russell Wilson touchdowns this year. Um, offensive line doing a phenomenal job on the, like, there's a lot of things that, that go into it. I've talked a lot about it on the show, but Matthew Stafford in his last five games has 14 touchdowns, just one interception in Russell Wilson's last five games, like I mentioned earlier, 60.8% completion, four interceptions, five fumbles. The Broncos are two and three during that span. The Rams have been four and one during that, that span, uh, span. And the Rams are in the playoff race because of it. I know their running back, Kyron Williams, has been on a, t- on a tear as of late. He missed a lot of games this season. He still has 1K yards. Dude's a, dude's a beast. But I think we missed badly on Matthew Stafford. The Broncos definitely George Payne. That was his literally just weeks after getting hired as the Broncos GM. He was a rookie GM, had those discussions with Brad Holmes, the Lions GM, who also just recently got who who newly got hired for the, the Lions. They trade away Matthew Stafford, but they ended up trading him for I believe it was two first and a third round pick. Yeah. To Lions for Matthew Stafford. I would take that in a heartbeat. We gave up nine picks, nine players for a player that is literally worse the next year. We pass on Matthew Stafford for Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. If this doesn't solidify George Payne's job that as a GM that he should be fired, I don't know what else does. Countless misses. The way I think of George Payne, he's just he's just a, a draft scout at the end of the day with, with GM abilities. That's, that's really all I look at it. I, we had a show earlier in the season about him, and I, I'm still on the same boat. I want a new GM this offseason. I'm looking at uh, per, the personnel men, uh, Adam Peters uh, out of San Francisco. Um, I really like him. He could be a potential option. We'll have an episode later this offseason about uh, new GM Candace, the Broncos Shire. If I had a guess right now, I think the Broncos are going to miss the playoff, and I think they're going to fire George Payton as well, and they're going to cut Russell Wilson. I think the Broncos, I think Sean Payton has a much bigger say in this organization that some fans want to admit. I think he was a big reason for bringing in guys like Ben Powers, Mike McGlinchey, Mike Burton, Tremont Smith, a lot of those guys in free agency, especially the offensive guys. Um, I think he was a much bigger say than George Payton was. We've heard it from different reporters. Some fans still think I'm delusional for thinking Sean Payton has a, a say in GM decisions. Um, I think it's a collaborative environment, but I think George Payne will be gone after the season. Missing on Matthew Stafford just looks so bad. They already got a Super Bowl out of him. I know it wasn't only Matthew Stafford, but he was huge for them in those playoffs. Their defense is fantastic, so don't get me wrong. But our defense has been fantastic this year. And our run game, for the most part, has been fantastic. Our offensive line has actually been a top five unit in the NFL. They're like top, they're like fourth in run blocking, seventh in pass protection. Like, bro, the the stats show it. The stats show it. 
And so that that that's really just where I'm at with that. Matthew Stafford, the Broncos missed big time. Would love to take him in a heartbeat right now, but look, here we are. We just benched Russell Wilson. We're at the point where we're with Jarrett Stidham in week set week 17. Like this is where we're at. But with that being said, that is pretty much it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed everything from the Kareem Jackson news. Wishing wishing the absolute most uh, best, wishing the best for Kareem Jackson in Houston. An absolute farewell to him. Hope balls out over there. Um, thank him everything for his time here in Denver. Kind of emotional seeing him go, but um, it, it was time to move on. Um, I actually I, I wanted him. I wanted to move on from him this off season, uh, this previous off season, just because of my belief in Kane Stearns and PJ Locke. Um, also, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed everything from the Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, Russell Wilson stuff. If you guys are listening on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Um, this is one of our last episodes of the of the um, 2023. Um, we're coming up on the new year uh, as of today's December 27th. We're going to have our game preview, and then we're going to also have our game recap um, against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers this Sunday with Jared Stidham starting. Super, super excited. I remember every single one of you guys that uh, – that, um, you know, clowned on me earlier this uh, this year for uh, my Jarrett and Russell Wilson take, believing that uh, Jarrett would better be a, um, a better fit in some areas of this offense, and he would have blown out the Chiefs more in that Week Eight game. I go on and on, but at the end of the day, super excited for this game this Sunday. Um, even though the Broncos could be eliminated this Sunday, even if they do win. Um, still a lot to root for as a Broncos fan. Um, if you were listening on Spotify app podcast, please show love with it over there as well. But with that being said, I'm your host, Amir Farrell. Until the next episode, peace out, everybody.